I'm Maria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Game two of the WNBA semifinals for both series did not disappoint. They're even now, so let's dive into it. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash winsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com that's winsider.com download the episode it helps us out i don't have to say the rest of it if you want to sponsor an episode or something else in regards to winsider hit us up email us at info at winsider.com Rachel, we're back. Uh, I'm sorry for the listeners. We don't have a cool, amazing guest like Pokey Chapman this episode, but maybe, <laughs> maybe I won't, I won't, I won't ruin any anything. But uh, we expect to have a, a cool guest for our next one. But just kind of gut reaction, chatting about the series is 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 is. Um, let's start with the Sky Sun, right? Because those have been the earlier games. That's the East Coast teams um or as it would be i guess the the sun able to even the score and early on in the game it almost looked like chicago was going to be able to run away with this and as we talked about winning this game too if you're chicago and james wade was very open about this he spoke about this at length in many press conferences um and interviews that i heard him in where he was like look this is not a series this we have a do or die game tonight and I loved that approach. Obviously, you know, what, whether or not the approach had something to do with the loss, the end of the story is they lost. It would have been so impactful and almost season over for the Connecticut Sun if Chicago was able to pull it off, but they weren't. What was your reaction to that game? Yeah, I mean, it's like both teams probably had that approach. I mean, Connecticut, I'm sure, approached that game like, you know, we have got to get this win at home. Uh, before we then go straight to Chicago for two, like this is a must win. It's there's no if, ands or buts about it. And and I mean, I just think that this was a Connecticut team that um, definitely it, it still wasn't like, you know, the, the best we've seen them play. I mean, obviously it was the best that we've seen Alyssa Thomas play <laughs> in the few mm-hmm. short games she's played this year. And I'm sure we'll get to her in a second. But I think with Connecticut, they definitely seemed more like themselves on the defensive end of the floor, especially what they were able to do to Chicago in that second half. I mean, held to just nine points in the fourth quarter. I mean, Connecticut just, just you know, they were just dominant in that fourth quarter. A lot of it had to do with the play of Alyssa Thomas, who was so efficient on every aspect of the game. Um, you know, I just – and you can't help but wonder, you know, at, at moments in that second half, I'm looking at Chicago wondering, like, are they truly – is like, is the is the tank empty is kind of what it kind of started to look like a little bit, um, you know, where Connecticut was able to separate themselves, not not just with how good they are defensively, but just the fresh legs they had um, underneath them a little bit. You know, Chicago did not have anywhere near as many runouts, transition points as we were used to seeing. And I think that, um, you know, you have to give Connecticut credit for that. But at the same time, you know, you, you got to wonder how much does fatigue play a role in that? Yeah, at what point does it start to kick in? I was a big believer in, and it's interesting because I've actually talked to players about this. I think like a few years ago, I actually talked to Diana Trossi about this, 
where, you know, I asked her about the playing back to backs or playing with only one day's rest and stuff like that. And she essentially said, like, honestly, you almost feel better in the second game because your body's more warmed up. Your body is just more awake, ready to handle it. And I always, you know, took that with a slight grain of salt. But, you know, going into this game, I thought Chicago finally had a, a true rest day. Now, I, I like I expected them to be more energetic even while everyone else was like, no, there's no way this is going to happen. Obviously, that rest day, you know, if anything, slowed down, made their their bodies kind of be tricked and think, OK, we don't have to play for a little bit longer. The the interesting part for me, and I feel bad for Chicago Sky fans because you and I jinxed Diamond to Shields because she was looking great early in the game on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball and then just completely fell off, closing into the fashion that we've seen from her, honestly, throughout this season. Um, what what was more shocking to you? And I say this semi in jest, but was it more shocking to see the reduced minutes and effectiveness of John Quill Jones she was a, in the plus minus, she was a negative nine. Okay. Yeah. But, or was it more impressive to see uh, Jasmine Thomas really get going early and be impactful in the way that we've been kind of begging her to be? You know, I feel like, you know, Kurt Miller had talked about how Jasmine Thomas is usually good for like one really big, one really big game in a series. And, and I, honestly, I wouldn't even say that that was like, a really big game. I mean, she finished with 12 points. Um, she, I just think she, she kind of took a lot of that offensive burden early on and, and hit some early shots that gave Connecticut some momentum. So I just think it was a really solid performance by, by Jasmine. Um, it's not like, you know, look, if you look at her stat line, you know, she just, she was efficient. She did what she, you know, has done countless times throughout the season. I think the more shocking thing was kind of JJ a little bit, you know, and people talked about, the physicality of that game. Um, it was extremely, (laughs) extremely intense. And I don't know if she got knocked in the head or something happened. I saw some kind of, um, whispers about that, that, that don't seem to be too concerning, um, knock on wood, at least at this point. But I, I just think it wasn't her night, you know, like, you know, Chicago was going to make somebody else beat them and they were going to be extremely physical with JJ and they were going to be there on the catch and make her catch it 10 to 12 feet off the block. And, and, you know, they, they just, they made adjustments. They were going to make someone else on Connecticut step up and make shots. And and to Connecticut's credit, you know, um, Alyssa Thomas played a really big role in that and super efficient and kind of we people, a lot of people were kind of talking about saying, you know, it's kind of her breakout game of the year. You knew it was going to happen if she could get her legs underneath her a little bit. But for me, I think, um, you know, a little bit of a quiet night for JJ, you know, just four points, two of nine. It just wasn't her night. Um, and that was probably the more shocking thing. But, but my question is, Rachel, and this is the, and it's not even necessarily like my question. This is more like me speaking for the people. And I'm not I'm not saying you're representing Kurt Miller here. You're representing all coaches in the world here, Rachel. So <laughs> okay. choose your words wisely. No, just, you know, she's the MVP, right? Course, she has yeah. played amazing. Maybe there's been maybe one other game this season. I would have to go look from my understanding. No, especially just like based off of off the cusp memory. Uh-huh. Is the it like what is the point where you say okay I'm pulling this player for someone better versus saying okay she's the MVP if we're gonna win the finals it's gonna be because of her and we need to run through her or is it you know a sense of a coach saying look at the end of the day I don't care who that we don't care about MVP we care about winning the finals 
you know, I think that's the interesting part, right? Like, you know, you were kind of texting me like, what, what's going on with JJ? She's playing just very limited minutes. Um, you know, I think, and, and I haven't heard, I haven't, I haven't talked with Kurt. I haven't, I haven't read anything about kind of those decisions that went into that. Was it, was it a, was it truly a, you know, the, the, was she banged up a little bit on her head? Was it, was it, was it, was it truly just a feel of, you know, this is not her night and, and Kurt could sense that early on. I think, I think anything and everything is possible. I don't know the answers to that. You know, I, my gut reaction, just watching it as someone who was, um, you know, completely on the outside looking in, it felt like early on Connecticut did not have a fast start, you know, and, and, and Kurt threw in his bench early on. And that bench was the one that really um, had some momentum going, right? right? They kind of kept, they kind of kept Connecticut in it. I mean, you gotta, you gotta give credit to Beatrice Montpremier who gave really solid minutes, you know, only played six, but those were six pivotal minutes, minutes early on in the game. Um, hit a shot. I mean, so, so, so deep in that bench, it was almost like um, an energy thing or a, a challenging thing, you know, whatever, whatever that was, it was some sort of <laughs> coach's intuition that, you know, I think Miller had, and I don't think it's a negative thing. I don't, you know, some, sometimes it's, it's your night. Sometimes you got to d- dive deep into that bench and have them give you something that maybe um, isn't, you, you haven't seen out on the floor quite yet. That's what I saw. Um, and Specifically I think from Connecticut. I mean, exactly. like if, exactly. if Rachel, if I told you, Going into this game, John Cole Jones is going to have four points, and there's <laughs> going to be three players who had 19 or more minutes off the bench yeah. for Connecticut. What what do you think they win that game? No, 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 and that's the crazy thing. You know that just really is a credit to how I think to how well Kurt Miller knows his team um, and how how bought in everyone across the board for this Connecticut Sun team is that, you know, how difficult is it, you know, Mon Premier hadn't played to come in and, and give valuable minutes and have, when her name was called, was able to come in and do what she did um, and have that, that, that amount of minutes for players who aren't used to playing those types of minutes. I think it was really, we, I haven't seen enough people talk about it, to be honest with you. I, and I'm really credit to you for picking up on it. Um, especially as early as you did. It's, it's really fascinating, you know, that, that especially we're talking about a team that, all year we were concerned about the depth. So uh, really, really great job. I mean, talk about when you, when your name is called and being able to answer the bell, that was a phenomenal job uh, across the board for Connecticut on a night where, yeah, your MVP just, it's not her night. And so everyone else needed to step up and fill that role. Yes. You can talk about Alyssa Thomas and she looked as, as good as she has, you know, is in pure Alyssa Thomas form, but you know, everybody else contributed just a little bit more to kind of make up for, you know, the night that Jones had. And I think that that's um, a positive. I don't I don't look at any of this as a negative or I'm not concerned about John Cole Jones. She'll bounce back. I fully anticipate she'll be fine. That's the thing. I'm, I'm not I'm not in any way concerned about John Quell. You know, like, what does that mean yeah. for her going forward? Because, look, at the end of the day, I am a huge believer and I don't care like individual awards are lovely and all, but the goal is to get a championship, right? If the goal is to get a championship, you're not focusing on these individual things. You're not focusing on, Oh, you know what I mean? Like you have to treat John Quell as much as, you know, big fan. And I know she's a humble leader or whatever, but at the end of the day, it comes down to, you need to do what's right to win the game. And in the same sense of if it was Dwana Bonner Breon January, uh, any of anybody else in this team, if they're struggling, you pull them. And if the player who goes in for them is playing well, you go with the hot hand. The right. aspect that I don't think is getting enough credit 
And I want people to understand the history of this when I give credit to Kurt Miller is historically Kurt Miller goes at most like seven deep, right? Like at most. And we're talking about like even in overtime games, the guy does not go very deep into his into his bench. The really interesting aspect for me is, you know, we're looking at this roster. Yeah, he's gotten he has some young players, but so rarely in the WNBA do we talk about, you know, progression of a player and and truly a, a team committing to young players to build them up for the long term. And that is what Connecticut has done, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. they drafted these players. Yes, they got more minutes last year due to injuries, due to all of this craziness. And, you know, this player's injured, that player's uh, out for the season, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, like, we have to give credit to Kurt Miller for, I I don't know if, like, this was a long con by him to say, I'm never going to do really deep players, but now I'm going to go deep. Or if now he finally has that confidence in these players because he's been around them, they've been around the block with this team for at least a couple of years for the most part. And now he has that faith. He has that trust. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes a long way to, to, to the cohesion of this team. Um, and I think everything you're saying is, is, is exactly on par. And again, we're looking at this as complete outsiders. We're not in those practices. We are not <laughs> in that, in those locker rooms, you know, on those trips. I think that um, I've always said, I've, I've known Kurt a very long time, even, even before he coached in the WNBA. And I have always had the utmost respect for him and just his, his basketball mind, and but not just that, just his his intuition and his ability to, um, you know, lead a team and 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 make that team build a team that that works well together, you know, and and I I think that you do see aspects of that in moments like last night, where honestly, you look you look at the box sheet, box box sheet, you look at some of these numbers, you look at, like you said, you would you said all these all these players that have played all this minutes, would we have predicted them to win that game, you know, and 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 on the flip side of that not to change the subject too much, but like if you're Chicago, you've got to be sitting here thinking like, damn, we let one go, you know, like, like mm-hmm. our game plan was to keep the MVP. We heal, we hold her to four points. She makes two shots all night, plays 24 minutes. I feel pretty good about our chances. If we can just take care of business. Um, you can't help, but wonder that Chicago probably feels a little bit disappointed about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, look, let's be real. If you're, <laughs> if you're, you have to be disappointed you have to be upset at their shooting percentages. They looked know, like, exhausted. At yeah, I mean, what what did you see in the second half? I mean, it just it I there, you know there were there were a couple little bunnies like little easy shots. There was an offensive uh, rebound putback that Diamond to Shields point blank missed, and I'm like, my God, she missed a couple of those. And you know, even if you just get one or two of those to fall, like it just gives you a little bit more. You know, just I think that's the, Rachel. That's the positive. That's the positive approach. But I will say, I think I, I I I would build off of that, and I would say that what what I saw in the in the second half was it didn't start off as a tired team, right? Like this is a team that I, I it reminds me of a quote I saw from Courtney Williams early on in the season about the Atlanta Dream, uh, where she was talking to the team, and she basically said like. When we make shots, we hustle back on defense and we play with energy. We get that juice from making the shot. But when we're not making the shots, we lose all our energy. And I think we are in a point in the season for the Mercury, for the sky, that if you let your body rest at any point during the game, if you don't, if you're not constantly pushing yourself, like it's like running a marathon. If you just stop in the middle for five minutes, 
getting back going, it's going to take a while. You're going to lose a few miles. You're going to lose, you know, some easy baskets. And eventually it was just, it was the snowball effect of missing some shots, then not having energy. And then slowly your body starts to think, oh, this is a cool down. We should be tired. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, um, I think more than anything, I think more than anything, you credit Connecticut. They, they did, they did, they looked more of their true selves. I think if nothing else on the defensive end of the floor, and that is what's gotten them to this point. Now we go back to Chicago. Obviously that's going to be a big one on Sunday, a couple days rest, a lot, a lot of talk about the travel and these poor women and, and, and the things that they have to do just to even get out of Connecticut and get to Chicago is insane. Um, but I think, you know, this is this is a big opportunity for Chicago um, headed in, you know, this next one and how they bounce back from this. That's um, what I want to know, Rachel, is uh, before we move on to the next game, I think it's pretty clear. We've talked about it, what the keys are for Connecticut. What can Chicago do to bounce back and get this victory? They've got they've got to do a better job on the glass. You know, you're not going to you're not going to beat Connecticut by getting out rebounded by 13 the way you did. You know, I, I saw way too many shots go up. And, and, and you know what? Chicago didn't shoot great. You know, they went, they went through a lot of lulls, but I saw way too many shot attempts, especially the three ball where there was not one or two people attacking the offensive glass, you know, being able to get yourself second and third chance opportunities or, or second and third looks at the basket. I mean, you know, you, and, and then, and then keeping Connecticut off the glass. Um, I mean, the rebounding numbers are huge. Connecticut had 12 offensive rebounds. And um, I just, I think, you know, Chicago did a good job of taking care of the basketball. And, and the two biggest things James Wade talked about rebounding and turnovers. And, and I just think that if you break it down to one stat that, that really has got to get figured out on Sunday, it's, it's, it's the rebounding numbers. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah. I'd say both teams have definitely had that circled. Let's do a quick prediction for this game. Oof. I'll go first. It's a tough one. I, but here's the thing. I want to go sky, but I, have seen too much of this streakiness. And right now the streak is downward trending. So I got to go son. What about you? I just, I got to just make a point how much I love this matchup. <laughs> I don't ever want it to end. It's like, so fun. Yeah. Because it's like any night, it almost feels like it could be a bit of a coin flip. Um, I, I really think that the sun were two games into this series. They have, they have yet to look their best. Um, I think they started to show flashes of that as a whole in the second half last night or the other night. Uh, I think Connecticut's really going to be take that next step and kind of be clicking on all cylinders on Sunday. I'm going Sun as well. All right, let's move on to the next. The most ridiculous game of the season so Um, far. (laughs) Wow. Here's the thing. Um, I'm just sitting here. Uh, Not too many picked the Mercury to even win a game in this series. I'm just sitting here. I picked you know, the, the big cash out. And I just want to remind everyone, hey, I picked, I said, I said I picked, they were going to win one. I said, they yeah, were you win. said you were like the only other person I saw even picking them to win a game. Um, I'm sitting here feeling pretty good about myself after that six point loss. And then a complete blowout of the aces. Now, do I expect Diana Taurasi to drop 37 uh, oh again, and again and again? No, but what I did see was next level Brittany Griner. Um, and if Brittany Griner can continue to play the game that she's been playing, excuse me, over the past, uh, few months since the, all, the all-star slash Olympic break, I don't know how you can pick a team against her. She is dominating Asia Wilson. She is dominating Liz Cambage. She's dominating anyone who has the goal, the audacity to challenge her. 
Um, I'm going, I'm going with the Mercury again. I'll, I'm going to start off my, uh, my, my thoughts on this game with a prediction. But what was your thoughts about that oh game? My God, <laughs> just, just. I mean, that's just one of those moments that, like, you know, we we talk about this game years from now. You know, it's like, like. 117 points like and they stayed on pace the entire game you know that was the funny mm-hmm. part I, I really felt like okay you know they're they're gonna there's no way they keep shooting you know at one point they were shooting 84 percent, like deep into the first half and i was like there's no way like they're they're gonna come down to earth at some point and and vegas is gonna chip into this thing because if any if any team in the league can come back down 20 and win it's in my opinion las vegas Um, I just kind of waited for that moment to happen. (laughs) It never happened. Like, you know, Vegas would go hit a big shot and then, you know, Phoenix would come down and Tarazi would throw up some, some ridiculous three. And like, you could literally see the shoulders kind of slouch down for Vegas. Like it was just dagger after dagger after dagger. I mean, it was a complete onslaught, probably one of the most vicious (laughs) offensive performances I've ever seen in terms of just, completely taking the wind out of a team like anytime you tried to go on a run or or get a stop like it it, it just wasn't happening you know so I think for me and that's just outside of Tarazi's performance I mean my god that was that alone we'll be talking about for years but I mean just as a whole Phoenix just you know they they talked about it they said this is a single elimination game they came out immediately with that sense of urgency that they had to have and on top of that you know you're shooting unbelievably completely lights out 61 percent on the game 54 percent from the three-point line I mean it was it was just a fun a fun game to witness as a fan a, a basketball fan that just you know it's like one of those unconscious moments where you're <laughs> like this team cannot do anything wrong right now so it was, I thought that it was amazing is that sustainable absolutely not so you know like it, I think if you're Vegas you're just kind of like like holy shit you know and I think it's funny like you know some people were talking about the refs and, you know, we don't get the respect that we want. And I'm sure a lot of that is just to kind of um, act it up and, and, and get calls for, for the next round. But I'm like, because that works, which you is gave just up ridiculous. 117 points. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the refs. My here's, here's my thing. Like, first of all, they kept on pace and, and we talked about this going into the fourth. I was like, all right, there's two things that could happen. The Mercury go into classic Mercury fashion. They go completely cold and the aces just kind of chug along and make it back into it. Cause they ended up getting close, not close in that sense, but close if the Mercury didn't score all fourth quarter, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I texted you and I was like, nah, DT's just gonna, you know, run up the score and they just kept doing it. And honestly, underrated aspect, Bria Hartley, a player who, Got was having an insane season last year, then gets injured um, and, you know, is just coming back. Hasn't really been full strength yet during this season. And it's been tough to get her minutes now that she is healed and they want to get her back in the role of things. When you're up that much in a playoff game, you put a good player in like that and you save yourself. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't get to play a little bit more. You know, it kind of felt like I would, I would have, I would have probably pulled people a little bit earlier, but classic sandy who am i who am i i am not sandy brondello and i am not going to claim to be that 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 good at my job so i i just think that you know it was just fun i i mean you have the starters nobody played over 30 minutes so at the end of the day that's that's always a positive to to do what you did and and that amount of time and and get into your your bench a little bit was going to be big and now they get to go back to phoenix 
um, and and play in front of the X Factor, not in their normal gym, because we all know that they always get kicked out of their own gym. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the response is, is going to be interesting. I mean, Kelsey Plum, my God. I mean, she's the best player on Las Vegas right now, you know? Yeah. Um, still had, what was it? One, two, three, four, six players in double figures for Las Vegas. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I, 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 I like this matchup too. I don't ever want it to end. I, I still think it'll go to four. I, I just think at some point Phoenix cools off, cools off. Yeah. You know, and, and not that I want to say reality sets in because they were incredible last night and, and this is a really good team, but I still hold true to what I, what I've said for, since the beginning of the series, like, like Las, Las Vegas, Las Vegas should win this, you know, they, they really should. Um, and I, I expect them to kind of come Phoenix to come back down to earth literally. And, uh, you know, Las Vegas, no, to be able to that's not, the, the Mercury are staying out of earth. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Hey, to, all I'm going to say is I want everybody to be aware that I pick the Mercury when they win. You so you're calling it. You are you are predicting that Phoenix is going to win this series. I, I Phoenix mean, Phoenix is going to the finals. Okay, I have I've been saying this all season long. That and and I like would love the, it. Right, like the Aces are an underwhelming team. Who's the like? We know Asia Wilson's the leader, but Liz is back. And like, at what point is Chelsea Gray's like lack of ability to take over a game truly like late in the play? Like. Chelsea, great. I'm giving her the ball when we need a last second shot, right? Like I'm running the offense through her fine. But like, there's so many question marks on this where I look at the Mercury and I say, the only, the question marks aren't about roles. The question marks aren't about, you know, anything other than, are you going to shoot and make the percentage of shots that is expected of you historically in your career? And if the Mercury do that, right? Like, Diana Taurasi, she's a playoff player. Skylar Diggins-Smith is going to, you know, distribute the ball and get buckets. And Brittany Griner is playing the best basketball of anybody in the league right now. Sure. So, like, I don't know. I, yeah, it's a hot take because the Aces are stacked. And, and like, honestly, I mean, I, it, like, yeah. After last night's performance, like, my God, what is this team capable of? You know, I mean, if, if we're going to talk about Chicago clicking at the right time, why aren't we talking about Phoenix clicking? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this team is more than capable. They've got three Olympians on it. It, it The question has always been depth for me. Um, and do they have enough pieces around these five starters to sustain that in a series? That's what it comes down to to me. Yeah. Hey, I'm not, 100%. I'm not, I'm not leaving off the table. I will. That's that. That's an amazing take, and I, I'm, I'll be very interested. This will be one of your greatest accomplishments if you get this right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, uh, then let me just ask you. I've already made my pick for tonight. Well, real quick, is is there anything specific, any specific stat line that fans should look to, um, or you know something that you're seeing and you think you know what this is going to be the key thing? We know rebounding is key for the uh, the other series. What about this one? I just really think you got to pay attention to Las Vegas defensively and the sense of urgency that, 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 that they play with. I was really underwhelmed with their ability to contest shots the other night. Now felt like Phoenix was literally throwing it into the ocean, but there were so many times where Tarazi was coming off a ball screen and you, and you know, if you give her space, she's going to let it fly. And I felt like whoever was hedging that ball screen, a couple times it was Liz Cambage um, stayed a little bit, 
back way too, you know, was, was too far back, didn't step up and contest the shot the way it needed to be contested. I just was not impressed with Las Vegas and their defensive effort. And that's not, you know, that's not to say that a team can't just be unconscious and hit everything that they, that they throw off that Phoenix did, but what type of resistance are you giving this team? And I, I think that they could have been so much better in their ball screen action. I think that they could have contested shots a lot more efficiently. That sense of urgency was not there on the defensive end. That's the number one thing I'm going to pay attention to. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny though, because when we talk about, I mean, this is an elite defensive team, right? Everyone was all up in arms and this team didn't have yeah. anyone on the all defensive teams. And then they <laughs> lay this egg. Um it's just no it's hilarious this is a really good defensive team they did not show it at all and if you're not showing that intensity um you're gonna lose to the mercury i think the best quote that i've seen throughout all the playoffs so far was from bill lambeer saying that um i don't she's not injured she will cut your heart out in a second (laughs) and i'm gonna end the episode on that because i think it is so true and loving um reminder Winsider is your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation, but we can't do it without your help. Become a subscriber at patreon.com backslash Winsider for less than a cup of coffee a month. You can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W.